Welcome to Refall 2021. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. God is a deliverer. You know, when they say Agbani Lagbatan kind of a thing, God will deliver you in a way that even you will be wondering, how did I get out of this trap? And I'm going to be sharing some personal stories because I have been a benefactor. I've been an example, a witness to God's deliverance. You know, God will deliver you from traps that you you by yourself went into. You know, the scripture will say that even the lawful captive will be set free. And that is a very profound scripture. This morning, I want to talk about everything becomes new. Everything becomes new. I, you know, I have thought about how am I going to share this conversation today? Like, how am I going to present this? Because there are so many angles to my story, but I know that God is going to, the Holy Spirit himself will pick the story and minister to you in a way that connects with you. I open myself to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for giving me the chance to share this with your children and fellowship. I receive utterance and hide myself behind the cross. That Lord, you will use my, my words, use my mind, and minister to your children at this point so that everyone that needs to be delivered and brought home, you will reach out to. Thank you, everlasting Father, for your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Everything became new. Everything became new. <clears throat> my, my story ah, is crazy. I met Emisi 2006, way before, I think she was still just about to enter the University of Lagos. Our relationship has been very, very profound. She's family. Every member of her family is mine. Every member of my family is hers. Our journey has been very, very interesting. Emisi is someone that has access to all my stories. She, she, despite how the structure of our relationship is, she has been someone that has stood by me, despite how far I've gone and how wild it has been. Emisi has been someone that has stood by me. So I feel privileged to share this entire conversation on this platform because God has been faithful. God has been faithful. If you're looking for someone that God has loved unconditionally, my name is the person you should call. When I say I'm a man helped by God, a man God has helped, it is not a rhetoric. It is reality. God has helped me in dimensions that I do not have an excuse not to live a life of impact. It's not possible. It is too late for me to not impact someone. It's too late. It's too late because... The only way I can demonstrate to God that I'm grateful is that everywhere I find myself, somebody has to be close to God by the way I live my life. Somebody has to believe that God really exists by the way I represent God in my lifestyle because God has been faithful. God has been faithful. 2008 is the beginning of the journey that's has brought me to this point. Up until 2008, everything looked pretty beautiful. Everything looked pretty on point. Like, ah, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I wrote a, I wrote a check 
for him, see that time, that 5K check that she's talking about. Then he looked like I gave her 5 million naira in my head. You know, when you did write check. Now, in fact, that was the first time I actually had a checkbook in my life. Like I was walking somewhere that I was feeling like a big boy. So, and I recall that as at that time, it looked like, ah, things are beginning to settle. You know, things are beginning to look like very good. Then 2008, I got married. And everything from that point took a different dimension. Everything took a different dimension. I must say this, and I must say this very clearly. I pray for every single person in this fellowship, every single person that is listening to me and will watch this video. I pray. I'm trying not to be emotional. I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you a spouse. Because a wrong decision in marriage can mess you up in dimensions you don't even understand. You know, up until last night, I was, I was, I was saying that the process of rethinking marriage is a lot of work. So if the first attempt is an error, hey, God, God can do everything, but what it will take to fix is a lot. So I pray from the depth of my heart that your choice for spouse will be God's leading, God's choice for you. I remember that I was in, I was in the missus house at um, Iriakari, Jimo, which would be that street, something Jimo Street. And I recall Emisi asking me, oh God, is, are you sure about this decision? I was, I think that time if I remember, I was like, eh, well, you know, this guy, you know, this guy, ah, maybe we just do this thing, maybe we just marry Jomo, just the go, kind of a thing. And I remember Fikayo, Fikayo was saying, Ogami, because, you know, Fikayo, you know, this kind, when you know when someone is in, in quote, in love, your head just, you just, is he in love this time around? I wasn't listening. And I could, I remember that Fikayo was, was hesitant. She was careful what to say, but you could tell from her physiology that she wanted to tell me something. It was years later that Fikayo opened up to what the real issues were and how she. So, first thing in case, first case in point, your choice for spouse is very pivotal to everything that can happen in your life. Now, this is not to say I married a devil. No, this is not to say I married a demon. No, this is not to say I married somebody that is not a good person. No, but you know what? There can be two good people that are at war with each other without knowing it. I want you to know that. There can be two people that can be at war with each other without knowing it. Their ideologies and belief systems would so fight, despite that two of them are independently good people. And that was my reality. So that was the, that was what set the tone. So let me continue the story. So I got married 2008. Everything looked like, okay, let's just be going. Let's just be going. Let's just be going. We had our first baby 2009. She's now 12 years old. Let's go. Let's go. We kept going. We kept going. Then 2011, I left my job. And then I came to Abuja. I moved to Abuja. And 
That was now where the devil sat down in his chairman chair and said, welcome to my kingdom. <laughs> Moving to Abuja was the trajectory. That was the beginning of the journey into everything that can be crazy. And I'm going to explain. Number two lesson I want you to learn today. Number one, I told you that your choice of spouse is pivotal to everything. Number two lesson, do not let crisis push you into running away into a trap. Don't let crisis push you into running into a trap. Don't let crisis push you into running into a trap. When I left Lagos for Abuja, even though I thought in my head that Abuja was an ideal location for me, I love Abuja. I really love Abuja. Like the difference between Abuja and Lagos for me is the fact that Lagos is noisy. In, for me, oh, in my head, Lagos is too much noise, too much stress, too much tension. Abuja is put together. Abuja is easy, you know? So Abuja was like an ideal place. I did not know that I was reasoning logically because I felt like, ah, God is sending me to Abuja. It's such a cool place. It's such a beautiful place. Why God has, no, we'll get to the point why I say God has helped me because God translated my error into glory. So I'm coming to that. But at the beginning, I thought Abuja was God sending me to Abuja. What I did not know, in retrospect, what I was doing was that I was running away from crisis. I hated the state of my marriage. I needed to be far. So I left my family in Lagos, came to Abuja, spent one whole year between 2011 and 2012. I was alone in this town. I was doing everything I wanted to do. Like I was rocking town. I was on my own doing everything I wanted, how I wanted it, when I wanted it, the way I wanted it. I was a complete mess. But then I thought, ah, finally, living how I want. Nobody's disturbing me. Everybody just leave me alone. I'm doing my thing. So, you know, there is a place where I read in the book, um, I was reading a book by Mike Tyson, and he said that many of us are looking for liberty and freedom. But there is a saying that liberty and freedom outside discipline is highway to hell. Liberty and freedom outside discipline is highway to hell. So you remember in scripture, Apostle Paul said, I put my body under subjection and I task my body to be disciplined so that after all I'm doing, it's not going to be that I will now miss heaven. Apostle Paul said that. It, it makes sense to me because if we go by, I want to be free, I'm free, I, nobody, they disturb me, I do anything I want, I say anything I want. The Bible says, put yourself, put your body under subjection. You must discipline yourself to stay within a boundary. That's why the Bible will say that in as much as um, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, there's also the place for being a slave to righteousness. You must be obedient to righteousness. If not, <laughs> highway to hell. So I came to Abuja. I womanized like no man's business. I was ready to be with any woman. You are married, though, you no concern me. You are not married, though, you no concern me. I had near scandals. 
I had crazy moments. I was all out. You know, when I say all out, I mean I was all out, like I was boundless. And then my business suffered. I was broke. My kids couldn't go to school. I was womanizing. I was just everywhere. I was literally everywhere. Now, because I came from, from Lagos with a title called the first anger management therapist, my name was popular in town. So there was this reference to oh, there's this guy, he does anger management. So I was on every platform. I was speaking everywhere. I just wanted to be everywhere. I wanted to be visible. I wanted to be popular. I was reckless, reckless to every point, And I mean it. And then all that graduated until 2016, I sat down and I said, at this point, I was tired. I was tired of the scandals. I was tired of the stress. I was tired of just being tired. I was tired of being a prodigal son. The Bible says in Luke 15, from verses 11 to 32, the account of the prodigal son. The prodigal son enjoyed a lot of benefits. He enjoyed the bounty of his father's strength. He enjoyed all the exposures, all the well-being, all the goodwill, all the resources. He spent everything. One day, the boy sat down and said, Kai, life no balance, so not be like this. I suppose they do this thing. I got to that point in 2016. In 2016, the point where the prodigal son got to that he said, this thing is not working. I got to that point in 2016. And God showed me mercy. I told you guys, if you're looking for an example of unconditional love of God, that is me. Because I was with Emisi last, um, was it last week or two weeks ago in Lagos? Two weeks ago or so. And Emisi was laughing at me. She said, Emisi said, oh God, you're, you're lucky that you didn't have children outside your marriage. Because actually it's true. I was so reckless that I could have had children everywhere. Like I could, it's possible I could have had a child here, a child there. And now that I'm trying to get my act together and live a functional life, they'll just be popping up like, ah, you get picking for here, you get picking for there. It would have been a crazy reality. But it's true. I could have contracted a sexual STD. Sexually transmitted disease. I could have. Because I was just mad. But guess what? I looked back and knew all the life, the wildness that I lived was from protesting. I was protesting. I was resisting. I was fighting everything that my marriage represented. I wanted to demonstrate rebellion because I was in the wrong place. And I thought that all I needed to do was to rebel. For 2016, I made sure I sat down, had a conversation with myself, just like the prodigal son did, had a conversation with himself. And I said, what is the way forward? I did a deep introspection and I faced my fear. My biggest fear was, leaving the marriage, how will it turn out? How will the children experience it? How will the society take it? 
what would happen to my career, what would happen to my brand, all that, all that. I told myself, if I perish, I perish. If all the accolades, all the brand, everything, let it go. I just needed peace. At that point, everything did not mean anything except peace. I just wanted peace. I wanted peace for my life. So I came to that point. I met my pastor. I intimated him. I met my parents. Intimated them. Met some some mentors. Intimated them. And I took the decision and I left my marriage. And from 2016 till now, you know the way Nehemiah contributed to the reconstruction of Jerusalem? That has been my journey, the reconstruction of my life. And God has been faithful all the way. And some of the scriptures that have carried me along is Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Remember not the former things. Guys, I lost everything in 2016. I lost my former business. I had to start, soccer started in 2016. Now people know soccer. I see soccer has been existing for 20 years. No, soccer is just five years old. That tells you the, the help of God. I lost, I used to run Barnabas house. That was my business. I lost that business. Of course, I've just told you I lost my marriage. I had a pet called Alvin, a dog. It was like the symbol of hope. That was the only thing I was holding on to. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. That's the the scripture there. I used to have that dog. It was like, for me, a reference point of hope while I was in the marriage. Immediately I left my marriage, that dog died. I lost my business. I lost my job. I had this strange relationship with my siblings and my parents because they were trying everything they could to make me reconsider my decision. I just made up my mind I was leaving. So I had a strange relationship with my parents and my siblings. And after all that experience of loss, as as we moved into 2016 and 2017, everything began to spring afresh. So when you see Sam Obafemi, I want you to see me as someone that was reborn five years ago. I'm living a new life. I'm living a new life. Everything is new. Revelations 21, verse 5. Everything is new. Everything is new. And so when I, when I, when Inisi asked me to come and share today, I honestly felt, one, grateful, but tense. Grateful, but tense. I kept saying, how much do you want to share? How much do you want to share? But the point is, I want you to remember the following things today. God is interested in your soul than he is interested in the things that your soul wants. I'll take that again. God is interested in your soul more than he's interested in the thing your soul wants. Whatever I wanted in this life, whatever the dimensions and definitions I wanted. God was more interested in my soul than he's interested in the things I want in this life. Because I have seen the hand of God in the last five years. He has recreated my business. He has given me quality relationships. 
He has blessed me in ways that my, I'm able to take care of my family. He has helped me to bless all the businesses that I am involved in working with. And he has been teaching me all over again, scriptural dimensions to living a healthy life. God is interested in your soul more than he's interested in the things your soul wants. So I'm saying this because sometimes you, I, you know, I heard um, Lola Abbas earlier when she was praying, was talking about the cost of food and how sometimes just the appetite of, or the fear of how do I sustain the, the spending on food can be a distraction. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no expense that God cannot fix because he cares more about your soul than what the expenses are saying. I am a witness. My monthly expenses, and I'm not even being conservative here, or neither have I been um, extra, extra, extravagant, or what's the word? I'm not exaggerating. My monthly expenses is 870K every month, including family bills, domestic bills, staff salaries, cumulatively 870K every month. How I'm able to afford it for five years now is a miracle. It's a miracle. But that is what God has done for me. This was the same me whose children missed school. This was the same me who could not transport himself from Lube in, in Abuja. If for those of you that know Abuja, Federal House in Lube to town, I couldn't transport myself. Who was even talking of buying a car? Where car go come? Where, not the person where they chop go buy a car. I didn't have a, I didn't, what was I, how was I going to buy a car? I didn't have a car. I didn't have an office. I had staff who were passionate about working with me. I was not paying salaries. I couldn't afford to pay salaries. Everything was down. Everything was off. I did not have anything to do with any church. Let church just leave me alone. I was that angry, angry about everything. I was angry about everything. That's why I said, don't let your crisis push you into a trap because you can, your anger can drive you in a direction that you think you are making sense. You're not. You're actually on a highway to hell. So this morning, everything becomes new. Everything becomes new. I want to charge you in the name of Jesus. Sit down. Have a conversation with yourself. Don't get caught up in illusions. Don't get caught up, you know, in some fancy. Sit down with your truth and ask yourself, oh Lord, what do you want me to do? What do I do from this point? What do I do from this point? Very, very key. I'm still struggling with some things. I was with Emisi two weeks ago and she was, Emisi was telling me some hard things. And I was telling her, Emisi, no, not from you. <laughs> so I'm still struggling with some things, yes. But guess what? God has demonstrated his kindness. I am a man God has helped. Every morning, his mercies are new. I feel it. I experience it. I'm holding it. I am in the middle of God's mercy. And I know it. And I pray. My prayer for you, may God not take you through a path that you don't have to go through in Jesus' name. May you not be the creator of a path that is needless. I created a path that was needless. First and foremost, maybe if I was listening more, 
from the beginning, I would not have entered a marriage that I would have left. Two, maybe if I had taken different decisions, I wouldn't have come to Abuja the way I did and further complicated my life. Maybe I wouldn't have lost the things I've lost in the way I have lost them. But I thank God for his everlasting mercy. He redirected my path. That is why I think it was Joseph that was talking to his brothers in, in Egypt. He said, even what you meant for evil, God turned it around for my good. So in my case, the evil I brought on myself by opening myself to damage, opening myself to danger, opening myself to demonic attack, God has, in his infinite mercy, turned it around for good. Is it not the same me now that people are calling the octopus? Oh, good son. It's not the same me now that people feel privileged to work with, people feel privileged to associate with, people feel privileged to pay. Is it not the same me now that people are paying me for 2022 work that we have not entered? Me. It's not the same me now that people are looking up to for wisdom and guidance. And they tell me that there's a way you say things that is full of wisdom. Me, the same me. No, no. God has been faithful. There's no amount of off track that you've gone that God cannot, by one stroke of his grace, bring you back on track. In fact, God does not need to bring you back on track. God will change your off track to on track. God does not need to bring you back on track. God will change your off track to on track. That is the God we serve. He creates nothing, something out of nothing. Out of your off, God in his infinite mercy would rearrange the direction and it will look like that was part of the plan. See, in the language of God, everything is part of the plan. In the language of God, everything is part of the plan. I want you to hold on to this testimony. I want you to hold on in faith. You know, one of you shared a testimony and said, Fikayo said, stay in the word. Abide in the scripture. Whatever scripture is working for you, hold on to it like no man's business. And somebody will now ask me, what is the scripture that is working for you? So let me take you to the scripture that is working for me. How many of you knows the scripture that talks about for all things work together to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose? Who can quote that scripture? I can say Lua Korede is the first to quote it. All things work together for them that love God and those that are the called, I'm very, very particular about that part. The called according to his purpose. See, I do not doubt that God has a special calling on our lives. And as far as that calling is concerned, everything we do, God would, in his mercy, realign it because he has called us to a particular purpose. God has been faithful and kind to me. God has taken my mess 
and has made it a brilliant piece of jewel. God has beautified my name, not because of I worth it, not because I earned it, not because I worked for it. I see people that have served God unbroken. They have not broken their journey with God. And I compare what God has done for me and I'm asking God, why me? What have I done to deserve this covering, this help, this support? What? So I'm, I'm encouraging someone here today that every worry that is consuming you, just stay. God is sending you word. God is opening your eyes to help. God is opening your eyes to his support. Elisha was praying and told God, he told God, he said, open the eyes of my slave or my servant Gehazi and let him see. And God opened the eyes of Gehazi and, and, and he says, those that are with us are more than those that are with them. They were chariots of fire encompassed around them. I pray the Holy Spirit opens your understanding to the fact that God has loved you before you ever knew yourself. God has loved us before we were conceived. Before we were conceived, Jeremiah 51. Before we were conceived. And as God has destined that love, nothing can erase it. Nothing can erase it. God is counting on you believing in the love. God just needs you to believe in the love. Just believe that he has loved you. Once you can believe in the love, it will start showing. You, God cannot demonstrate himself when you resist him. That is why he says, without faith, no man can please God. If you don't believe in the process of God, you are tying God's hand by yourself. So you have to believe in the love God has for you, for it to work for you. The only way God can demonstrate and work for you, in you, is for you to believe in the work itself. Because if you don't, you are, it's like unbelief. God does not operate in unbelief. If you don't believe in the love God has for us, that's unbelief. And when there's unbelief, you're telling God, pack well, come off of my lane. And God is a very respectable person. The Holy Spirit is very respectable. He does not force anything. He does okay, if that's what you want, that's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, there is no, it is too late for me to not believe that God is love. It's too late. Not after all I've gone through, a lie. I, God has trained me to the point where just thinking of something, it happens. Sometimes I'm afraid. Just thinking of something, I can just be imagining now that at 12 o'clock, so, so, so thing is going to happen. I kid you not. It happens. God has trained me to that point. I'm conscious of what he does. So I may not, you know, Emisi <laughs> has been bullying me, like ministry, ministry. I know, but I'm in, I'm in a place of learning and a process of development that I may not bear the title pastor, but I know and I see the work of God evident in the things that happen. And I want to, I want to transfer that faith in you people. I don't know your age. I don't know where you are. I don't know the state of your life today. I don't know the challenges you are going through, but I know that God loved you before you were conceived. And that love will carry you through. I know it. I know that God is opening a miracle concerning your matter that will, it will marvel you. 
I know that God will deliver you. And for any of you who, who by any means of omission or commission, have found yourself in a place that looks like, how did I get here? Oh my goodness, I'm, I've made a big mistake. Oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. Oh my goodness, I'm done for. I want you to know today, I send you this word that you are delivered. I send you this word that you are delivered. That God, in his majesty, is opening that prison door like he did for Paul and Silas. And you are walking out wondering, am I dreaming? Is it true? When the, when the deliverance of God is complete, we are always like them that dreamed. It is scriptural. You will dream your miracle and it will happen. Your miracle will happen and it will look like it's a lie. People will be trying to argue that no, kushebe, na lie, no be so. And you will sit back in a place of rest and say, Jesus, you did this for me. I believe that this platform, God has destined it for deliverance. I receive overflowing mercy for everyone under the sound of my voice. That God will always, as he has always done, demonstrate his deliverance in our lives in the name of Jesus. That everyone that is connected to when, when friends pray, connected to Hope 365, connected to INEST, connected to Refuel, connected to IRA, everyone connected to this ministry that God has placed in the bosom of Inisi and Bishop Olumide. God will, and as he has always, he will demonstrate his power and break every shackle in the name of Jesus. That limitation that is from your personality, that is from your upbringing, that is from your background, that is from your frustrations, that is from your limitations, that is from your anger, like I, I, like I did. Whatever that frustration, whatever that limitation, today, today, we resolve it. We resolve it. We resolve it. And we break that yoke in the name of Jesus. We break that yoke. I speak into your life, a life of ease. It is going to be easy. It will be easy. And then you'll be wondering, is it normal that things are easy for me? So shall be your testimony. It will happen in a manner that you will, be, you will not know how to appreciate it because it was so easy. You don't even know what it took to get it. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. That shall be your portion. That shall be your portion. That shall be your portion. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. I am grateful to God for his mercies over my life. I'm grateful to God for his mercies over my family. I'm grateful to God over his mercies over my business. And I am receiving that level and more for everyone under the sound of my voice. Whether you are here live or whether you're going to be watching the replay, that the mercy I have enjoyed, you will enjoy more. That the help I have enjoyed, you will enjoy more. That the blessings I have enjoyed, you will enjoy more. I am living a life as of today, comfortable. God has been so merciful. I don't stress. Nothing stresses me. I don't let anything stress me. I just follow one step at a time. I listen, I do, I listen, I do. I pray that God will quicken your mortal bodies. 
by that spirit that raised Christ from the dead, and it shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will quicken your listening, that you will hear. The Bible tells me, when I was entering 2021, God told me, he said, this is the year that I will tell you what to do, you will walk in that direction. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will teach you the way to go. I have been a witness of that. God has been teaching me ways to go and he's always working. I pray that you will listen to the instructions of God, of the Holy Spirit, and you will walk in the path that God has set for you. Then it will be easy for you in the name of Jesus. I pray for the ministers of this, of this ministry. I pray for Inisi, from Inisi to every other minister in this place. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will not falter. I pray in the name of Jesus that having done all this labor for God, you will not miss your step and you will not miss your calling. I pray that the pressure, the pressure, the pressure of ministry will not frustrate you in the name of Jesus. I pray that rest will be your portion every single step of the way. I have ministered to pastors who are suffering from high blood pressure, suffering from trauma, suffering from family issues. They are afraid of what to do. Oh, I don't know what to do. I run a ministry. Oh, let people not now follow. Let people not. I pray that you never think that the people under you are yours in the sense that eh, if I fall, they will fall. Eh, eh. God has designed you to stay. And because of you, God will make it easy for your followers. And because of your followers, God will make it easy for you in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. You will not look back and say, ah, I wish I did something differently. I wish I did something else. No, it shall not be your portion. Because even when it's going offline, God will rearrange that off into the arm in the name of Jesus. I so believe in the spirit of correction. I believe in the spirit of realignment. I believe in the spirit of readjustment. God is a God that realigns. He will realign everything to your advantage. In the name of Jesus, all things work together for good to them that love God and those that are de-called according to his purpose. He is fixing it because he has called you. In the name of Jesus, I pray that because you have been in this session today, that from this moment, you would experience peace in your spirit, peace that transcends every human understanding. You will enjoy it. You will experience, you will not be hearing it. You know, sometimes we just hear scripture. We say that God um, and God shall give you a peace that, that transcends every understanding. And you'll be like, hey, amen, amen. You, you hear people say it. You're wondering, how does it feel? In the name of Jesus, you will know how it feels. You will feel peace in your spirit. You feel peace in your spirit. When you are near me, you will know that I'm a peaceful man. I ooze peace naturally. God has blessed me with that one. And I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, you will experience it in a palpable way. You will feel it that ah, I feel so at peace. Is everything okay at all? You know, sometimes we are so at peace that we are trying to even look for trouble. We want to storm the waters, make it be like, say, ah, I beg, I beg, I don't want this too much peace. May you not put your leg where the peace will not be there because you will feel this peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to pray for someone. You're a lady. You're really, really troubled. I don't know what it is, um, but there's just this worry in your, in your, in your spirit, like... You are anxious, you're worried. 
I don't know what it is. You look, you look slender, you're dark, and you're very worried. I don't know what it is. You're dark, you're slender. I can see your image. I don't know who this person is. I pray that that worry, listen to the voice of the Lord. Release it. Release control. Yes, the Lord says that you're trying to be in control. Why are you trying to be in control? Release control. That's what I hear. Release control. Release control. Release control. Release control. Don't, don't try to be in control. The Lord says, just release it. Let it go. Don't try to be in control. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that whoever this is for, okay, Israel says for her sister, I pray that she will be ministered to and God will deliver her. I pray that God will be this, the capacity to comply. I give to her. I send to her in the name of Jesus the capacity to comply. Sometimes we hear the instruction. We don't even know how to go about it. So I, I send help to her and capacity in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will trigger in her the capacity to comply. Let her release control. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon on the referral series. This sermon is available on YouTube and all podcast platforms. For more information and other resources, visit www.emissiowolabi.com.